What's up, everybody? Uh, this is Baxter Street Boys. As always, I'm your host, Cole Wilcox, joined by co-host Jake Gordon and our producer, Griffin Rudy. We are super excited to come to y'all this week with some more Georgia football talk. The dogs are undefeated. Um, not only did we set a draft record last year, we won the national championship. Everybody t- expected us to regress, but midway through the season, there we are, sitting at the top alone. Kirby Smart is the best coach in college football at the moment, and that should have everybody fired up. Uh, a lot to take down from last game, a lot of good, really not much bad. I thought it was one of our best performances of the year, so let's just break it down and get right into it. Ten, five, he's running all the people. Oh, you hurt the walking. We just stepped on their face with a hobnail boot and broke their nose. We just crushed their face. Defense, 40, 30, they won't catch him. Go, Swift, into the end zone. Touchdown! The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. Throws near sideline, and it's intercepted. Intercepted, Keely Ringo at the 21. Off he goes, 40, 50, 45, 40, 35. 30 near sideline, breaks the tackle, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, 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 Georgia. I know I'm asking a lot, you guys, but hunker it down one more time. All right, before we dive right into Georgia football, uh, I do have to tell you all about our boys at Turtle Box. Um, these guys are the best. It's the best speaker in the game. If you don't believe me, just go look it up yourself. And these guys know what they're doing. Um, they're a great follow on Instagram, great content, but – but their speakers are incredible. Um, they're waterproof. They're durable. They look great. You can pair two at the same time, put them on both sides of the tailgate. They do it all. Um, and lucky for you, you can get 10% off if you use code BSB10 for all purchases. Uh, they have they have all kinds of good stuff on their website. Definitely check them out. Give them a follow on Instagram. Um, and tag us when you get a speaker. Because I promise you, you will not be disappointed. I was skeptical at first. Got my own. It's the real deal. I take it everywhere. I take it golfing. I have it. I have it in the truck for all times. Playing some cornhole, playing some spike ball, pickleball this weekend. Turtle box by the side. It's a great purchase. I promise you will not regret it. So definitely check them out, boys. How we doing? Good. What an ad read. That was fantastic. Appreciate all y'all tuning in as always. We see y'all in the comments. The new edit with the camera angles. That's all grip. That was all grip. That was sick. That was sick. That yeah, was sick. I had to switch it up a little bit. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody in the chat. You guys are already popping. Uh, I love this right here. I love this from Josh Rumsey. We already got a prediction. Uh, Georgia 38, Ohio State 31. Let me tell you, folks, if we play Ohio State in the playoff, Twitter will be set on fire because that fan base needs to be checked. And who better <laughs> to check them than us? I promise you we will check them. Uh, those well, guys do a lot of crying. There's another crime. fan base that needs to be checked, and we'll get to that. But Yeah. But, uh, Griff, that here, I'll tell you what's crazy about Tennessee. Because that's who Griff's referring to, obviously. There's no other fan base. I, I take that back. There are some people in each fan base that will do this, that as soon as your team loses or as soon as their team wins, they are texting you. I mean, people you haven't talked to in years. Me, personally, that is the last thing on my mind when Georgia wins. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to text my, my buddy that's a Florida fan and tell him he sucks. Like, let them, I have a little bit of feel, and I let them have their moment. I'll have Tennessee fans when they beat Alabama, who I don't even have a dog in the fight. I had people texting me, hey, keep betting against Tennessee. I love it. Or you suck, Tennessee, Baba, all this bull crap. I'm like, dude, relax. Like, I, I don't even have a dog in the fight. My team won 55 to nothing today. I don't know what your problem is. And I have people telling me, oh, we are making a mockery of us on that podcast. I mean, yeah, I hate Tennessee. I will, I will make a mockery of them at every mm. point I can do. Tennessee had a good win, but – 
<clears throat> they still barely beat Alabama at home when Alabama had what seventeen penalties was it? Yeah, like they had four. a good game. That, that, but yeah, I mean, that's that week. That's them. We're us. I, I'm excited. I, I am so excited. I, I can't wait. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get a night game, which really does piss me off. But well, uh, I will say, I will say the the Alabama LSU game is that weekend, yeah. and so maybe, just maybe, no. that no. could get the three thirty. I. CBS your only idiots. hope, yeah. Your only hope would would be LSU beating Ole Miss this weekend. I guess maybe your only or hope Tennessee losing to Kentucky. That'd be the only way. Yeah, which wouldn't which, which, which would make the game not really right. as fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, listen, that Tennessee has never has not had a number beside their name in a long time in the standings. These guys don't know how to act, and I, we told y'all, we told y'all that ignorance was about to be abundance on Twitter. You have to ignore it. Um, I we have to we play Florida first, and we cannot lose our hate on Florida. I'm not going to say yeah. we can't lose our focus because listen to me, as fans, our focus doesn't matter for the hundredth time. So don't ever tell me that in the comments that we need to focus on Florida. If we can't beat Florida, <laughs> we shouldn't be having big games anyway. They suck. Uh, but Tennessee, I cannot wait for that week. Full, I, yeah, I don't two know weeks to hate Florida though. Two weeks. Yeah. How am I supposed to sleep until that? Like. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, that that's one of those games where we can make a serious statement. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but man, we can absolutely make a statement. <laughs> oh, I'm getting. I can't even. Uh, everyone play for everyone out there. Pray for Agent Ocho Eight. He says, "I live in Nashville. This shit is horrible." I I can't even imagine. I can't. Listen, imagine. I live in Chattanooga right now. Like I I'm right there with you, my man. It's it's, it's awful. It's absolutely terrible. These guys have a sickness, a true sickness, but. Contrary to popular belief, the number one team in the land did play, and neither of those teams were in Knoxville this past weekend. We were in Athens putting on an absolute clinic. Um, Georgia 55, Vanderbilt nothing, I think. That's the right score, right? Yes, yep. that is correct. Does, do yeah, I have off the top of your fact, head? But yeah, Griff, I think you're about to say what I wanted you to say. Yeah, fun fact. This is the 19th game in, which, in the Kirby Smart era in which the opposing team did not score a touchdown. Yeah, that's insane. And what was uh, the last two years against Fandy is like 96 to three or something. Oh, or no, worse. Like 100. It's it's worse than that. It's yeah. 100. Because it was 62 0 last year. 118. 118 to zero. <laughs> it was, I think it was 63 last year, maybe. Disgusting. That is disgusting. Yeah. I they messed up hilarious. our freaking homecoming. I was game. listening to <laughs> the, uh, the college football recap the next morning, and they said last year Georgia beat Vanderbilt 65 to three or whatever it was, 63 3. This year, 55 to nothing. And um, it was J- not Jesse Palmer. It was uh, Joey Galloway. He was like, hey, Vanderbilt's got a touchdown better. <laughs> and they just moved on. It was like super That was lucky. it, yeah. That was, it was funny. 62, yeah, it was 62-0 <laughs> and 55-0, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah, poor Vanderbilt. Um, nah, shouldn't have canceled senior day. Yeah, I'll remember for sure. that forever. That, that is true. I, I sometimes forget <laughs> about that. Screw them. I mean, that was unbelievable. That, they had all the politics that year, too. Just what an absolute – Display by Vanderbilt. Of how well, that was they that was the reason their whole team. No, their whole team pretty much quit. Right. Yeah. Right. Insane. Insane. But they're they're kicking was, them, enough kicking them while they're down. We can right. talk about the game. Yeah. There's not much talk about Vanderbilt before we before we preface this. I saw a lot of people in the comments talking about our secondary and stuff. Will Shepard is good. That's his first name. Yeah. Right? Will. He, yeah. He's was he the leading receiver in the SEC going at one point? Game? He. Yeah, I'm pretty he's sure he's a top five receiver in the SEC. I, he's I, good. I'm very willing to say that. He is really, really good. There was sometimes he was covered and he made the play. So I've heard, yeah, he's 
I'm, I wasn't going to say I was about to say. He's really good. Let's just keep it at that. Swan, Swan's pretty good, too. And um, both of those guys will probably be in the portal at the, at the end of the year and if playing somewhere. If Shepard's in the portal, he's in red and black. He's really good. Really, really I can good. back that up. I can that say would that. Be a sweet. true X receiver in the SEC, which is cool. Cool. Good for Vanderbilt. Um, so let's talk about us. Where do y'all even want to start? Offense, defense, defense. Let's go offense. Let's go offense. I, I did like the offense looked on time. We talked about that issues with, with um, you know, s- sometimes against Auburn, but mostly against Missouri. The offense looked like they were on time. Everybody looked efficient. Um, 5.1 yards per carry. That's always good. And uh, Stetson had a good game, too. I, I'd like that. We're not going to talk many negatives because, frankly, they're really already in this game. Yeah. No, I thought I thought it was Stetson's best performance in South Carolina, personally. Um, I thought I thought he just looked – I thought him and Monken were on the same page again for what felt like the first time in a while. It was offense a little more upbeat. Uh, it was just like, we're just going to take what they give us. And they were playing way off our outside receivers, and we would just hit them quick, get them in space, let them work. And it's – it seemed simple, but for, for a little bit, it just didn't feel like we were doing that. Maybe we were trying some different things out, wanted to establish ourselves on the ground. This game kind of felt like, all right, we're going to get more back. Now that we've established through the air, we've established through on the ground game what we can do. Let's at, let's put it all together and just have an elite offense, and that's what it felt like this game that we did. We just did whatever yeah. we wanted. Yeah, we really did. But I just, I just felt like command of the game, uh, ball coming out of his hand, timing, decisions, everything, Stett was back. Like, that's what it felt like to me from the opening statement. Um, he delivered that great pass on third down to uh, Resume Jack Saint. Felt like it got his rhythm going, and then after that, he completed 14 straight passes. Um, he finished the first half with 211 yards. I think he was uh, was a 16 for 18? 18 for 20. 211, 18 for 20, two tutties in the first half, 14 straight completions in the middle of that. He was just on, and, and he was making it look easy. I thought Monken was kind of back to dialing it up. Everything looked good on the offense from my point of view. Yeah, O-line was set the tone. Kenny Mack was running well between the tackles. All the backs were, were carrying the ball well. And uh, I, I think one of my favorite things, I've, I've been calling the Dylan Bell game forever. It, I finally didn't call it this week, and it finally happened. So, uh, most catches, second most uh, yards. Dylan Bell looked really good. And, I mean, it was the same old, same old, getting everybody spread out, getting everybody involved. No doubt, no doubt. I got to shout out Greg Beck here because I feel for these folks. I live an hour and a half from Knoxville. However bad the dude from Nashville says it is, I assure you it's worse here. I hope you got like an Airbnb or a hotel or something that night and just got out of town because that that's hell on earth. Like I'm just being frank. That would be – It awful. is. I mean, you would have thought is. they won the Super Bowl. Enough about Tennessee. Enough about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can uh, – Yeah, I thought, like you said, Jake, the offensive line came out and set the tone from the first play. Um, we get the ball to Kenny Mack. He gets like eight yards. Offensive line just, just absolutely bulled over, rolled over people. They found something. Um, I think Brooks said that in the show that he popped in a while back. That fourth quarter of Missouri, they found something that worked. Um, I don't know if it was an, a mentality, um, a scheme. There was something about that fourth quarter of Missouri that they started moving people again like they were early in the year, and that's huge. I mean, you're, we're going to need the ground game. Everybody wants to throw the ball a lot. I like seeing us throw the ball a lot. I think it's cool. But there comes a point in time in close games in the fourth quarter where you need to run the ball. And we are proving that we can do that, and I, I love it. It's people were moving, guys. We're getting out. We're hitting the second level. Receivers bought better on the edge. That's that's a, a buy-in that has always been a staple of Kirby. Um, he's he's a guy who can get people to buy in like that. And now having um, McClendon out there too, who's big on that. I, I just think 
from from an offensive line and a blocking on the perimeter standpoint, we are in a good spot going into the bye week. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree, and that's that's the big thing. We got to get healthy this week. Um, you know, we got a long long ride down to Jacksonville, but um, you know, take some time, a little rest, a little reflection, because you know we talked about this. The the meaty part of the schedule is definitely coming up. Yeah, uh, here's a good and, comment right here, Chase Langford. I'll let you go in a minute, Gro. Uh, no, 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 wrong one. My bad, Chase. Uh, right here. Connor that one's Grant. good, too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Don Blaylock breaking a two-year touchdown drought. Perseverance to a T. Yeah, both these things on the list to talk about. So, 1, yeah, that was yeah. – um, Yeah, we will get to that later. Happy I, I wanna, that was I a tearjerker. I want to set a time some set aside some time for Beck. But, yeah, Don, man – and I said it on Twitter. Like, it pulled at the heartstring scene and make that catch, toe tap. It just looks like vintage Dom getting the end zone, cut up field. But that's not some feel-good story touchdown against Vanderbilt. Don Blaylock is going to have some of the biggest catches of the regular season and postseason for us this year. Uh, he is that guy who, even as a freshman, he came in and when you needed him, that touchdown was on third and goal from the eight. That is a hard or third and goal from the eight. Yeah, that's a hard place to score from. And where do we go? We go to Dom, let him make a play. He's going to make plenty more plays this year, arguably some of our biggest plays. I can't wait to see Dom back. I've heard good rumors from people on the team about him at practice. He just looks back to his old self. What he's here say. to stay. He's starting he, to cook. He's here to stay. No and another one, it. too, Eric, Eric Gilbert, man. You, you saw him catch the touchdown, and you saw the reaction from everybody. Yep, see? Yeah, see, chat's, chat's on it tonight. They know what we're on. Yeah, There it is. Eric catches the touchdown, and, and oh, my God, everybody on the team, everybody's patting him on the head. Everybody's jumping up, picking him up. And uh, that's not an easy task, by the way. He's a big man. No. <laughs> um, you know, everybody is hyped up for him, and that's the type of stuff he needs. He needs that type of support around him. And uh, it was good to see. You know, he he's gotten in late a few times, hasn't made much of a difference. But you can tell Beck was looking for him. And uh, this was a perfect time to get him involved. And hopefully, you know, if if we need him, he can work in a little bit more and uh, make an impact when it's not uh, when it's not garbage time. But I was very happy for him as well. Good to yeah. see him just on the football field in general. From that reaction from the team, you just know that that's a guy who's been through some stuff. Like, those guys felt, those guys felt for him. They are happy to see him get to where he is now. That's why you have to reserve all judgment on Twitter and all judgment in, in conversation. Like, you have absolutely no idea what someone's dealing with at any point in time. So you saw the teammates' reaction. You saw the coaches' reaction. Even people on the other team coming up and dapping him up after the game. He's clearly a well-liked guy, clearly a good teammate. You just hope everything comes together, and that guy's an NFL player, if it all does. So shout-out Eric Gilbert. That's a huge, huge touchdown for him. Let's say that's how what you have. Oh yeah, go ahead, Griff. Oh no, it was it was just about the offensive line. Just how I mean, you don't win games at the end at the end of games with the passing game. I mean, like when you're trying to close a team out and you need a first down, you don't throw the ball because that stops the clock. Like right. if you don't complete it, you run the ball. And right. so I mean, like you know, but we 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 kind of got that. No, you have to have it. And I think Brooks said it on Twitter today. I thought it was really good when he was talking about he watched Bama in Tennessee and he was saying that for every absolute stud on the offensive line there are four big time skill positions around the country like winning outside you can do but people can match that when you have five nfl starters up front in college nobody can match that you cannot beat that so that that is what is important football will always be one up front you can have your shootouts and all that but that's not sustainable you have to be able to block up front. Tennessee did have the shootout, and they did win outside, but they won up front for the majority of the game, which is so uncharacteristic for Bama. You have to win the up front to win the game. You can get, you might can scrape by, get some turnovers one game, lose up front, 
kind of like we did in Missouri for the first couple quarters. I felt like we were losing up front. Fourth quarter, turn it around, win the game. Those things are what is sustainable, and Georgia is building a sustainable foundation. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we talked about this Thursday, too. Running the ball is a mentality thing. You may only get four yards, but if you are if you are beating the guy in front of you over and over and over again, he's going to quit eventually. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what we've always done. Like, we've just leaned on people in the first half. We talked about this before. We lean on them, lean on them, lean on them, build a lead, hold it. And in the fourth quarter, we just step on their throat. They fall. They can't hang with us. And when you're playing these teams around the country who can't match our depth, that is what is our – that's our main attraction is our depth. And when we can lean on people, lean on people, by the fourth quarter, we're chilling. They're tired. That's when we really step on their throat. Well, yep. and I've, I've had some conversations with some people, even like after the Auburn game, and they were like, well, we're not playing good. I mean, like it was close with Auburn, and we were only up 14. It's like, yeah, but what happened at the at, at in the second half? Because we played the way that we did in the first half and wore them down. They couldn't compete with us in the second half at all. It, it was, I mean, it was we do whatever we want in the second half of that game because they were so worn down and defeated that mm-hmm. they couldn't do anything. Yep. Yep. And that's that's how you separate people who know football and who don't. Like Todd Monken has proven his time in Georgia that he will do whatever it takes to beat the team we're playing that week. Like he he is not stuck in his own ways. And I respect that so much about him. He can win in so many different ways. He's willing to run the ball 40 times against Auburn and, and rush for 300 yards. Like that, that's what's so special about him. Uh, and then this week we come out, we throw the ball more than we ran the ball in the first half. So he, and against Oregon, we threw it all over him. Like he knows what to do, when to do it. And that's why I just really don't worry about the offense very often because I know we're in really good hands. But yeah, that's, I, I don't, when I'm sitting there watching the game, I don't, I'm not sitting there going, well, what's, what, why are we calling this? Why are we calling this? I'm good. I know I, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I yeah. know my place. 100%. I know my place now. All right. There's always like, something to set up. Like, like you run a QB draw that doesn't get much. That's setting it up for something later down the road. Like he is, he has earned that trust. I give him that trust. Yeah. Uh, let's absolutely. stick in the tight end room, though. We talked about Eric. We have a guy who is emerging as potentially tight end one in the draft come come the spring. Like Darnell Washington has proven he can do it all. He is yeah. a fan. We were hearing Notre Dame and South Carolina fans saying, you know, Michael Mayer and Jaheim Bell, they're better than Brock Bowers. I don't know if they're better than Darnell. The, I, I genuinely like, in terms of having a successful NFL career and doing it all, like Darnell could play for 20 – or not 20, 12 years and, and just block. And then you add on what he can do with the ball in his hands and how he can get the ball in his hands. Like that catch on the – like, yeah, the one-handed catch was awesome and he looked really fast going down the That sideline. catch on the sideline was better. Incredible. Incredible. Zero separation. He had zero separation on that DB, and he still caught the ball. Like, that's that's one of those things where that should give Stett confidence, too. Like, give this guy a chance. That's why I was so upset when he overthrew him against Missouri. Never overthrow Darnell. Ever. Just give him a chance. Because I don't – no one is strong enough to take the ball from his hands. Like, he, he is going to come down with the football. You remember the Auburn game or Alabama game where he just absolutely dunked on Henry T? Like <laughs> – He's dominating really good athletes on the outside, and and then he goes inside and blocks defensive ends. The dude is unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. I like I like what Jeremy said too. He says he still doesn't really feel like the whole playbook has been shown, and I agree with that. I I think Georgia's keeping it simple, and they haven't had to they haven't had to get too interesting. You know, they got a couple you know fly sweeps, a couple uh, you know a lot of tunnel screens, but they haven't by no yeah. means that they had to empty the clip on anybody. They didn't even have to do it against Missouri when they were down, and that's. 
and that's like kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. I feel like he has a different playbook for everybody. Like we have our staples and we have our plays that we're going to run and the formations and kind of baseline stuff we're going to run. But he has a different playbook for every team based off the matchups we're going to get. And he's going to exploit them. And some people are like, well, we need Brock Bowers more. Well, Brock Bowers was doing something in that game to create for someone else. Like you take Brock Bowers off the field and all of a sudden a lot of people look a lot less open. I can guarantee you that. Like when he's on the field, he does so much. And maybe he's not getting the ball. But I promise you, he's helping someone else get the ball at the same time. Like, there's a reason he's going to get an NFL. There's a reason he's going to get an NFL job at some yeah. point. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I, I'm going to hate to see him go, but but he he's the real deal. I, I love him. I can't get enough. Um, I thought that the receivers had had a really good game. Uh, we kind of yes. talked about against Auburn that we didn't think you know that there was a lot of guys stepping up that much. I thought Ladd had a good game. I thought Dylan Bell had a good game. Jack Saint had a good game. Dom had a good game. Like a lot of guys were getting separation and making plays when we needed to. And that was good to see. Yeah, yeah it was. Absolutely. I feel like this is definitely one of the best games our receivers have had so far. I mean, they just, they looked better. I, they were, they looked open all the time. They made catches. I mean, it just, it was a good game for them. Good confidence booster, especially going into the stretch that we have now. You know, I want to see them, you know, really pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it was a lot of just getting the ball early and let them make plays. And we have guys that can do that. Uh, I remember there was, I think it was a second down and short, and they were playing way off lad. Stet just dumped it to him right off the snap, and he took it 20 yards, made a guy miss. Like, that's that's when those guys start getting in rhythm, and then everything starts clicking. When they're making plays, when they're when they're rolling, you get the ball in space, let them get some yak. That's when the offense starts really clicking. Uh, it was great to see us kind of get back to that. Uh, and like I said, it came at a really, really good time. Really? Yeah, and I've I've seen some comments about Ladd, and and it's a good point that he has played better. That's why you don't just go out there and yank the guy as soon as he has one bad game, yeah. you know. And especially against Kent State, he had a little hiccups with his confidence, you know. Had had a couple mental mistakes early on, and he's back to being him. And if you just yanked him out and said, "Oh, well, you're never playing again because you had one bad game," you just took somebody away. You just took a piece out of your offense. Right, right. George is not our max potential without eighty four. Like, we're just not. It's that simple. He's He's a guy who, arguably, with the ball in his hands, is one of, is, might be our best playmaker. Uh, so that's a guy you want on the field. You want him at his full strength, and hopefully if the foot injury is all good. Like Kirby said, he could have went back in the game. Hopefully that's true. Hopefully he's back for Florida. We get AD back for Florida. That's when we're going to see what we really got on the offensive side, which is going to be fun. It's gonna yeah, be fun. and uh, every, everybody – the moment everybody's been waiting for. Yes, Carson Beck did look fantastic on Saturday. And I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, it's Vanderbilt's, you know, garbage time. I get all that, but that's not what it's about. He was making reads. His ball placement was incredible, and he was spinning it, man. There was some velocity on those throws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tweeted out when I was rewatching the game. I didn't notice it live on, on the touchdown to Dylan Bell. That was his third read on that play. Um, you saw him start to the right, shifts his feet, looks dead, it looks in the middle of the field, shifts it again. See, and as soon as he recognizes it, the ball's out. Uh, everything just looks super crisp about it. You can see it from that angle. He's playing with a lot of confidence. I don't care where it's at. Like the rollout touchdown, it ended up being incomplete. That, does, that doesn't matter. That throw was incredible. Right. That doesn't matter if that's on air. You can see the special, the, like the special talent that he has just on that play alone, much less against the defense. I don't care what quality it is. Like there's some stuff you don't need to see a defense for to determine how talented the kid is. But when you see it in the game, in pads, under the lights, make that throw through that window on the run. That's big-time, big-time stuff. Throwing guys open. I mean, he was doing all the little stuff. And, you know, that's what we've heard is 
you know, he had always looked pretty good at practice just based off of talent, but he's been studying film. He's been working on the little yeah. things and it's really starting to show. Cause we saw him in games last year and he looked horrible most of the time. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, it, it, he just looks absolutely incredible. I don't think there's any type of court, quarterback controversy or anything. That's we've been reading that ridiculous stuff all week, yeah, but he fine. has been so good. And it does get you a little excited about next year. Obviously we got plenty of business to take care of this year. But, you know, you think he's going to get another offseason of prep, probably going to prep as a starter. He could be really special next year. Yeah, for sure. And you, you really do kind of pull for a guy who stuck it out like he has um, in the era where if you don't win the job your first year, you're out. He stuck around. He loves Georgia, clearly. Um, he trusts the coaching staff to get him where he wants to go. And he's going to have that opportunity now. Like, like he's putting stuff on tape now in prep of getting noticed next year. Um, well, y'all, if y'all think back to, the, to George Pickens' pro day, he yeah. chose Carson Beck to throw to him. Like, the, the, there's people in that building that know how special he is and, and special he can be. And when he puts all those things together, which is looking like he is, he's going to be a real, real dude, like an NFL prospect type dude. Yeah, there's people who've had their tabs on Carson Beck since that pro day. They were impressed by what he had to offer and that on that day. And it's it's proven to just getting better. Like, And next year it'll be, it'll be his reigns, but this year, you know. Yes, well, sir. it's good to have that insurance policy too. We know if something does happen to Stetson, God forbid, we got somebody back there who can who can manage things. And and I mean, we know all about how that can matter. So I mean, yeah, exactly. SEC <laughs> championship. I mean, how in the world he got Dale and her to stick around for another year? I don't know, but yeah, yeah, it's always good to have a backup. Uh, and our last note on offense, Jake, I think you had it. Cash Jones, elite question mark. That was yeah, sick. I'm gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> The, the the money side of the end zone was nasty. <laughs> I, hey, I, I had I, the volume turned down at that point. I was watching the Alabama-Tennessee game. I, I looked down, saw the touchdown. I kept looking for a minute. I saw – I looked away and I looked back. I was like, he's hit the money man's L, up 55 to nothing. That's big time. That is big time. He, yeah, he – um, I forgot, too, he had that stiff arm against South Carolina. He absolutely ragdolled some yes. things. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's he's another good story. He's a he's a fun player. His name's Cash Jones. It's hilarious. Cash Jones, like yeah. I love the guy. Love the guy. How could you not pull for that? Cash Jones, elite. Um, all right, let's move over to the defense. Uh, defense is they just keep getting better every week, and that that is a terrifying thought uh, from from what we've seen this year. They're they're giving up nine points a game, uh, and what what did we give up last year heading into the SC championship? Like six six points a game. Uh, so yeah, they're gonna yeah. have. They're going to have a lot of good offenses uh, coming up, and so we're really about to see what they're about. But getting to this point, I, if you had told me they're giving up nine points a game coming into the bye week, I'm taking that every single day of the week. How can you we're talking about Oregon, South Carolina. Like there were there were some games on here that some people before the season would have said would have been our toughest game. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm perfectly. I, I can't. I, I'm not going to sit here and nitpick a, a performance where the team gave up 150 yards. Yeah, it's yeah, it's borderline impossible. Uh, I I think like everyone else, because when you're when you're winning a game that big, I think you start to really look for what went wrong while you're watching the game. Like you want everything to be perfect, which is good. Like, and I know, and I know Kirby Smart wants the same thing, and so you're thinking like, oh, there's a couple of busts in our secondary. When I went back and watched the game, it really kind of wasn't. Um, we had the one play with Keeley. <coughs> he had him clamp. He just jumped too early. That's it. Uh, and there was one wheel route out of the backfield. Robert Bill kind of ran into one of our guys, and he kind of got stuck, and he got lost. 
listen, those plays happen. Like, busting coverages happen. DB is one of the hardest positions to play in all of sports. Like, at some point, they're going to get beat. There was one play over the middle where Chris Smith is all over Shepard. Swan put the ball in the money. Shepard went up, made a really good catch, and there's nothing you can do about that. And that's when you say, hey, tip your cap. But that's kind of Curry Smart's whole thing is like, hey, limit the big play. That kind of stuff happens. That's all right. Line up, get a turnover the next play, which we did. So that's – I think there was a little bit of overreaction to the DB because everybody was kind of scared of watching the Tennessee-Bama game, the shootout. You're trying to look at all the ways we can stop that, and you're like, well, I remember remember one play where this guy got behind. It's all good. It's all good. There's a reason you remember that one play and not the – 50 other ones that were, you know, fantastic. And, you know, when you look at the numbers after the game, I knew they played well, but, I mean, 23 carries for 45 yards. Their longest rush was eight yards. That's two yards a carry. Insane. Uh, only allowing 4.4 yards per complete uh, per pass. I mean, and we saw Vandy. They had two big drives in the first half, and then Georgia got a takeaway. Chris Smith got a fumble, and then they missed the field goal to end the half. Second half, four straight punts, turnover on downs, game over. I mean, that is complete domination. Yep. Uh, Jeremy Clement said Chris Smith's instincts are ridiculous. Yeah, that dude's yeah. at home on a football field. I love that dude. He's, he's really awesome. blossoming, man. And he looks so much faster this year. Yeah, it's just because it just seems like he's he's like uh, Jeremy said. It's just it's coming like a, a second quicker to him. Uh, and he can just see the field. And when you have that, that's what they talk about, game speed. People don't understand what that means sometimes. Like It's not always about the 40. It's about the game speed. And Kobe Dean, he had game speed. He, he saw it. He saw the play before it happened. Chris Smith is kind of getting to that point. Um, he's he's reacting so quickly, and he's just he's beating the ball carrier to the spot, which is pretty impressive. It's it's crazy. You'll be looking. Oh yeah, go ahead with this. I want. I know we wanted to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dylan Everett getting some meaningful snaps, which is I mean huge. I will I you will push well. back on that though. It says D- Dylan Everett got meaningful snaps in place of Lassiter. I don't think Lassiter is not going anywhere, and, I, and I'm confused. No. I'm not saying. Uh, Connor's saying this. I'm saying that there's a lot of people out there saying that that Lasseter might be losing his job or some other. Lasseter has been really, arguably our best corner this year. He's, yeah, he's awesome. He has yeah. been really, really good. Like Kamari Lasseter, I promise you will be starting the rest of the year unless he gets injured. This dude, he's yeah. the coaching staff loves him. He's played really well on the outside. We're in great hands out there. Everett is a guy who is good enough to be on the field. He's just not better than Keeley and uh, Kamari right now. But they want to get him get him meaningful snaps. We've said on the show before, you cannot replicate game reps. You can't do it. Nope. So why not get it in a possession where you know Vanderbilt's going to be trying to throw the ball, put him on their best receiver, and he had a, I thought he had some really really good snaps. Um, he had a pass breakup on Shepard. He caught one ball on him, but he was in he was right there in coverage. I think he's going to do he's going to be a really good player, and I like to see him get those reps. Yeah, I agree 100. I've been. Um... We've been talking about this, too, which obviously we never want any of our guys to get injured, but it does create opportunities for those game reps. We're seeing Zion Logue. We're seeing Bear Alexander. We're seeing, you know, Warren Brinson. These guys are getting meaningful experience, and that matters because when somebody does go down, you want somebody that's been battle-tested, somebody that's been out there and has been taking snaps because you can't replicate that. I don't care how much you practice. You can practice 22 hours a day. doesn't matter. It's not the same as playing in the game. Yeah, and I think that's why people are happy to see Beck. And and I think this is where Kirby Smart has definitely changed his philosophy a lot over the years, is especially with quarterbacks. He's not just coming in to hand it off at the end of games. Like, like as a coach in the SEC, you know the other team's not rubbing it in if they're throwing the ball up 40 with their backup in. That is just game reps. And you should be thankful for that because then your backup DBs are also getting game reps. 
Like that's how it is. You're just playing a, a separate game almost when the backups come in. And getting those guys reps is is so impactful. And you hear them, talk, and that's why people are. Like, why do we schedule these sucky games? You kind of need them for development. Like you you kind of need those fourth, third and fourth quarters for development. Um, you you get a lot out of the that time spring practice stuff like that. You just cannot replicate unless you put up the pads on and do it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know it's it's one of those things too where. Georgia's not going out there and running four verts every play with Carson Beck. They're running the offense. They're running, yeah. you know, 10-yard posts, 10 yards right. out. Like, they're they're evaluating. Like, it's not – it ain't for the sake of points. Chase Langford says the defense has been good at keeping things in front of them where it will pay off to do that come November 5th. Exactly. Like, that – That's always what they've been good at, too, under yeah. Kirby. Like, that's like, – I... Try to think back on, on just huge bust plays since Kirby Smart has arrived. The only one that just quickly comes to mind is Jalen Waddell in 2020. Yeah, I was just about to say that. And Tyson Campbell Jameson fell. Williams catches in the SEC championship. Yeah, that's true. When he toasted uh, Lewis on that one play. And both of those guys were top ten picks, and they're two of the better receivers in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, so. you know, well, you I mean, can't really nitpick that. You get, you get the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's just not that many. Um, and, and when it is, it's dudes. Like we're talking about Jalen Waddell and Jamison Williams here. Those, as good as Tennessee's receivers are, I will never take anything away from them. They got good weapons. They don't have Jamison Williams. They don't have Jalen Waddle. They don't have a top 10 pick wideout. They have a lot of guys who can go make plays, but we have a lot of guys who can go out there and stop them. Um, and y'all thought we were crazy for talking about putting all these DBs on the field. You, you don't think we're going to be in dive a lot against Tennessee? Because we're going to trust our front four when Jalen Carter's back to get pressure on their own. We will dial up a few blitzes, but Malachi Starks is going to be on the field. Taki Smith's going to be on the field. Chris Smith. We're going to have all hands on deck. And those guys are so good that the coaching staff is willing to put as many of them on the field as possible and say, don't let the big play happen. Go make a play. Well, I mean, yeah, when you've got as like as much like I mean talent as we have on the front four, like you got Nolan Smith, a seasoned veteran, Robert Beal, seasoned veteran, Jalen Carter, top five talent in the NFL draft. I mean, you gotta trust those guys there. I mean, you know. You see, Chase, we don't talk about this. <laughs> we don't talk yeah. about it. He said 2017, Maddie. That is not to He's be right. discussed. He's right, but it's not to be discussed. But that is Devontae Smith, who all-time all-time receiving leader in college football. Literally and, won the Heisman. So and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, and we'll talk about this plenty. We got plenty of Tennessee preview. I don't want to harp on it. No. Yeah. You can't right. play Tennessee's game because Bama played Tennessee's game and they lost. Um, what you have to do is when Bama started cooking, Bama was down 21 points. Well, not down 21 points. Tennessee scored 21 points in five minutes of possession time. Yeah, it's 28 to 10. They got, two or, they got two or three three and outs in a row, and guess what? That defense was hands on the hips. That's what you got to do. If You can't let them turn it into a track meet. Let them try because they'll wear out their yep. own defense doing that. But you got to control yep. the clock. You got to control the ball 100%. That, that's what you got to do. You got to dominate time of possession, and you got to dominate turnover battle. But that's – I mean, when you break it down that simple, that's almost any football game. So. And when we're gonna we're gonna talk about, like you said, a lot more come Tennessee week. But I was gonna say that. How often yeah. is there a shootout in Sanford Stadium? Never, never. LSU, that, that LSU game is the only one I've ever. Yeah, that was that's a long time ago. That's a yeah. long time ago. <laughs> Kirby Smart dictates the pace of the game. That's what he wants to do. Anytime we've ever lost, it got away from us. That's what mm-hmm. we, we don't do that. That's what I was actually talking to one of my my bu- good buddies who's a Tennessee fan, very reasonable. He's he's one of the few. 
But that's what, I, what we were talking about that. And I was like, that's, that's going to be Tennessee's biggest test of where they're at because when they come into Athens, it's not, like you said, it's not going to be a track meet. Like they're going to have to figure out a way to win a hard-nosed, tough football game like that. And if they do that, it's like hats off. You know, they've earned it. They're a really good team. Go with the national championship, whatever. But until they do that, like that's why we are still the team to beat. Because, like I said, we can win up front. We will win up front. And we are going to dictate the pace of the game because we are the better team. So. Oh, my God. I would love to run the ball for 250 yards on It'd them. That would be awesome. Well, see, that's the thing. Bama, like, you know, they're they're known – like, they were built on – this dynasty has been built on winning up front, winning in the trenches. Their offensive linemen – how many offensive linemen have they had drafted in the first round the past Nick Saban's tenure? Uh, unlimited. Probably enough for two or three offensive lines. Yeah. Right, unlimited. And this year, it's just not as it's not that it's not the same Alabama offensive line that it was in the past, and so like it's tougher to run the ball. They got to get Jameer Gibbs in different ways, and Bryce Young has a lot on his shoulders. But and, and that's just what made that game so different for them, and that's I think that's why they kind of had to play the pace game with with Tennessee. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Bama had a plug and play left tackle come from Vanderbilt, but all was supposed to be great. And that's that's why I was like, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Well, but, well while, we're, while we're talking about turnovers, yeah, while we're talking about turnovers, yes. won the turnover battle again, very important. Chris Smith gets the fumble, which when I first saw that play, for some reason, I thought he was down by like a lot, and he was down, not down. Yeah, by me a too. Lot. Me too. I thought the same exact thing, and then, yeah, that's what I was going to say is, is those games we struggled, we lost the turnover battle. You see how the game goes when we win it. Um, obviously, we t- really took care of the football. And the defense is out there scrapping and making plays. Like, that's what it's about. Uh, when you, when you, the bend don't break defense like we do, you force turnovers. And when you force turnovers, that sucks the momentum out of a team. We were able to do that against Vanderbilt. We were able to do that against Auburn. If we if we create those turnovers moving forward, we're our life is going to be so much easier. Uh, we're in better field position, more momentum. Everything about it, it just, it just wipes the breath out of a team when they drive – the length of the field, because we like we said, we don't let big plays up. So you're absolutely grinding for every single yard you get. And then if you put the ball on the turf, that is that wipes you. Absolutely wipes Especially you. if you're in Sanford, because that's going to set the crowd off. Keep yeah, yeah, yeah. And another, uh, I mean, another thing too, like the other side of that, like your defense, if like even when like the other side of that, when you go on the field and Georgia is running the ball down your throat, and we have a seven minute drive that scores a touchdown, and then you go out there and you go three and out in 30 seconds on three passes, I mean, your defense got to go right back out there after a seven-minute drop, and that's tough. And, Griff, on top of that, you're getting the offense out of rhythm when they're sitting over there for, for six, seven minutes. You yeah. Know? Like, this isn't some foreign concept. This is what football is built on in, in a game and age where everybody wants to see the run and gun, which at times is great. If you want to mix that in after a long drive, score quick, that really kicks them. You remember against Florida when we – we got the the interception. We instantly took a deep shot score. Like there is a time and a place. But mm-hmm. like you said, when you have that op- the best defense against Tennessee's offense is keeping them on the bench on the sideline. That's the best yep. you can play. And yep. I know you, you you tweeted about it, and I don't want to harp on this Tennessee game anymore because we'll get to it. But like, uh, you know, the narrative is going to be: Can Stetson and Georgia's offense keep up with Tennessee's offense? I and think that's all, just so all wrong. week long, Winch Human and the defense are gonna be sitting there just just waiting. It just waiting to, to, to get in. their chance to show everybody just how yeah. good they are. And it's uh, gonna be Georgia before we get oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna tell everybody, uh, if you would please hit the like button on this video, we would greatly appreciate it. 
Um, subscribe to the podcast. Even if you're not going to listen to it, just subscribe, please. It helps us out tremendously. And, of course, follow us on Twitter because now that we have a real big game on our targets with Florida and Tennessee coming up, it's about to be on, and you're going to want to be a part of it. Just, just yeah. follow us on Twitter. We need yeah, pull, up, pull up Connor's comment, too, because I want to talk about yeah. this. Yeah, I do, we appreciate I, the donuts. I think we all man. have opinions, I think. See, the, easy, the thing is, it's kind of just a thing at this point. Like, you, you go to oh, – for anybody listening on podcast, he says, thoughts on moving the Georgia and Florida game from Jacksonville. I understand. I'm pretty sure – Kirby has come out in favor of saying he wants to do it home and home. Um, that's the thing is I kind of like going to Jacksonville. It's fun to do the whole thing in Jacksonville, but I've done it so many times. Me personally, I'm kind of over it, but that's just not how that works. I don't think it's going to change if that's really what you're asking too, in terms of what we think will happen. I don't think it's going to change. Uh, hopefully it can be a night game every once in a while without CBS um, having the contract yeah. for it. I, but, com- uh, I completely agree with what Kirby says, though. Like, Alabama's biggest recruiting weekend is when Auburn comes to town and vice versa yep. for Auburn. It used to be like that with LSU. We lose a huge recruiting weekend, and we can host recruits that week, but that's just giving them tickets to the game. Like, that's yep. not giving them the full experience. I, I personally am all for a home-and-home. Home. Um, I don't like Jacksonville, though. I think it's a dump. Jacksonville I hate Jacksonville. Awful. I think the stadium's a dump. The, there's one exit to get in, and it's awful. I – I'm not going this year. If that tells you anything, I've been the last three years. I'm sick of it. Um, I really think it's cool that the baseball team plays and not before there now. That's that's pretty sick. Um, they play Florida in a fall scrimmage. So if you're down there, definitely go to that. But I just I'm, I think Jacksonville's a dump. That's where I'm at. Uh, Connor, well, Connor says, said what, Jacksonville yeah, every third year. I like that. I can live with that. That would be interesting. Years. It would be fun. I I would like to play in the swamp, and I would like for Florida to come to Athens because that. You think about our home schedule on the years we don't have Auburn and Tennessee, it stinks. Like yeah, unless we have a good off, unless we pull somebody from the West or have a good non-conference, it's oh, we got Ole Miss next year. Right, Ole that'd Miss be will cool. be a good one. That'll be cool. But definitely, definitely, I would love to see that Florida game at home. And, and yeah, if Kirby, if Kirby wants it, I want it. That's where I'm at. Well, and one yeah, thing yeah, too, too that I, it's always weird to me because I feel like I've talked to people about this, and I, I don't know if this is just the group of people that I've talked to, but they're like, "But what about Frat Beach?" Like, they, they won't let anymore, Frat Beach die. <laughs> Who cares about Frat Beach? Just go to Frat Beach. I also feel like the university doesn't make any money off of Frat Beach. Like They don't. Yeah. I, so why would they care about Frat Beach? I think it's a cool I, tradition, I, you know, and, and I'm not for it. I've never been in my life, and I'm, I never will. But you can still don't. go. Like, just, yeah. just go stay. Like, every Halloween weekend, have Frat Beach. And then the game will be played that weekend. Frat yeah, Beach, I went. Frat Beach is not even close to Jacksonville. Like it's, it's not. It's about no. it's, it's an hour and a half. Yeah. I like, went this last year. An hour and and half my back only back. thing was like, oh my god, this is miserable. I'm way too old to be here. That's all I can think about the whole time. People just bring jugs of like straight <laughs> vodka and get. Oh, like, do I still have messed mine? up? I think I might the most have. messed up they've ever been in their life. Like they don't even know what happens. Like after. I promise well, you that Frat Beach is not dependent on that game being in Jacksonville. That can happen. We sound so regardless. old right now. That can happen regardless. We are. <laughs> we are old. But we if sound you're like 22 at Frat Beach, you're old. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I know people that are seniors in undergrad that don't go. <laughs> you can't be legal and be at Frat Beach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's part of the thrill of it is like, oh, I might get caught. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. No, I – I seriously hate Jack. Like I'm, I'm at the point where I hate it. I don't want to go. Oh yeah, it's bad. I just the traffic, 
And this is this is super old. This is like the oldest I've ever sounded. But it is a dump. It is an absolute dump. Jacksonville sucks. It's bad. It's a yeah. the place we had to park last year. Like me too. There was a shooting like five minutes after we got in our car. No, I was like, yeah. Yes. I have I have a story about that. I'll tell it real quick. It we were me and my girlfriend were walking back to our car, like you know, just through that little strip area right there, and everyone just starts taking off, just running, just like running. And I was like, "What is going on?" I didn't hear gunshots or anything, but dude, everyone was just running, panicking. We ran all the way to the car. Hallie got like almost trampled. Like she, someone like literally knocked her down. I had to pick her up. It was wild. Yeah. I don't have, like, there's some nice areas in Jacksonville. Shout out Chandler. I'm not trying to riff on your hometown. I'm yeah, sorry, that man. Experience. <laughs> that Jacksonville experience is, it's yeah, North I have one, which yeah, is where I have one, I have one friend trails. who always gets at me because I say it's crap hole. It's just, it's just that area. Like, you go downtown, it's, it's pretty nice. We went out um, after the baseball game last year. Uh, it was, we were at a bachelor party. There's, there were some nice places. It was a cool hangout, Braves were in the World Series. But yeah, where that where the games played and stuff, garbage, an absolute garbage yeah. camp. That right, stadium is what's bad. Stadium yeah, is what's bad. Yeah, so, we fence, Jake. Take over on we fence. All right, we had one Brett Thorson punt for those of you keeping track at home. Uh, down it on the twelve, once again, only punt of the game. You love only having one punt, uh, but another masterclass from the Aussie. Beautiful stuff. And uh, yeah, Lad's close to breaking one. I'm gonna. I I, I think he might do it in the next two weeks. I, well, that'd be an electric games. time to do it. An electric exactly. time to do it. Exactly. Bust one in the, in the cocktail party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Any, yeah, like, that, was, that was. Go ahead. Yeah, that was one of the last points I had. Is getting healthy for Florida is really important. That's yeah. What what I think needs to stay at the front of mind because Florida's going to get up for this game. No, they've no. had some issues. It seems after LSU, it looks like a lot of the players may have quit on the team. I promise they'll get up for this game. It doesn't matter who's. It doesn't matter who's got those uniforms on. They will be ready to play us. They want to beat us. They want to knock us off. They want to ruin our year. So you can't fall asleep at the wheel. Not us, not the fans, the players. You can't fall asleep at the wheel looking ahead at Tennessee because, yeah. I mean, yeah. and that's the thing. That's the thing. When you're the number one team in the country and you're the best team, you're you're the team to beat. You're the one that everyone wants to knock off. I No matter who it is, no matter where you're going, no matter who you're playing, they want to beat you because they want – to be in the spotlight and upset you. I mean, that, that's the mo- that's going to be the most talked about thing of the week if, if somebody beats the number one team. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I mean, any every given day, that's that's who that's who they want. You got a target on your back, yep. and that's part of the culture that Kirby's built is just living in that and wanting it, wanting people to want to beat you, and then just beating them. Yeah, I know Dan Mullen's not there anymore, but I feel like Kirby still takes a special pride in, in pretending he's across that sideline and just yeah, no doubt, absolutely whipping him up and he down. He hated Dan Mullen. That was one of my <laughs> he hated him just as much as we did. That's he's the best. Like it's it so was so funny because like he's I just like kept waiting on it to him to like just like absolutely deck him at midfield like any given <laughs> Georgia Florida game. That would have been awesome. One of my favorite uh, one of my favorite Georgia Florida games was. Um, when uh, back in, um, I guess it was, I guess it was 2019. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, uh, it was the year that Florida got like five penalties on the one yard line and, and yes. just could not. Yes. Oh my God. When he came out on the field, he was like, I thought he was having a seizure. He was shaking so bad, screaming at the refs and everybody, we were, you know, screaming at him. We were sitting like below the scoreboard. Like we were on the, I think we were on the first level, but we were mm-hmm. below the He couldn't hear us. <laughs> yeah. We were just letting Dan Mullen have it, man. And he, uh, 
Yeah, no, it, it's so funny because he's on that college football halftime show now, and he's still over there, just lurched over. Like, he took two. He took two timeouts on the first drive that year. <laughs> that, that was my favorite part. I was like, "What are you doing, bro?" He was when Florida fans thought he was Kirby yeah, Junior. Yeah. That was one of the. That was one of the most. That was one of those times where I'm like, "Are we watching the same football game?" Like, yeah, like we seriously think this guy right here has any resemblance of saving or Kirby, any at all. Talk, and talk about a take that aged just like milk. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be up there as one of the worst I've heard. In yeah, a that was time. a good day on Twitter when it, we all kind of caught our breath and it was like, oh, we need to go find all those people who said Dan Mullen would win a title. Before yes. Time. And I, I do miss Dan Mullen. Like, I, he made the rivalry fun because we he was a good guy to hate. I, hate I have yes. no hate in my heart for Billy Napier right now. Maybe he'll yeah. do something that makes me do it. Where I, I hope he I, says something this week about it or something. Me like too. That. He won't. He's too good of a dude. <laughs> yeah. Need, uh, that's what we say. You know, we we talk about. Oh, I don't like this person. I like. We need villains. Every sport mm-hmm. needs a villain. Every yes. sport needs their Conor McGregor. Every sport yes. needs their whoever. You got to have them because then who else are you gonna who else are you gonna hate? Exactly. Sports villains. Are the I'm best. fine with being the villain too. I'm fine with everybody hating us. Yeah, I, 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 bro, I, they that's had us, that's not Kirby or any of them. Yeah. They had Dan Mullen and Todd Grantham on the sidelines. That was the easiest team to hate ever. Ever. Yeah. Urban Meyer before that, too. <laughs> Chandler's right. It, it's saving. I, yeah, for sure. No doubt that about it. But, but in the East, Florida was fun. It's fun when they're, like, good enough to think they can beat us, but they really can't. That's when it's fun. And, like, the Butch yeah. Jones era of Tennessee was fun. Because it, yes. it's funny when the guys are, like, so goofy – and like, yeah, I was about to say, Butch just has a stupid face. Like, I feel yeah. like, like they're like, they were like, they, but their fan bases still thought they were really good coaches, but they were just really, really goofy. Like, yeah, dude, the, the Butch Jones is the Butchisms from, from that I, time I, I, there's one guy that it wouldn't take much for me, and it's Hypel. It would not take much for me to hate him. Another dumb he's face, like, Another he's dumb like, face. exactly. He's hated. I don't like him. Already. He starts saying some dumb stuff or something, it, it would not take much at all. He hasn't in yet. a weird way. I don't, I don't right now yet. In a, in a weird way, right now I like Heifel because I see all these posts from all these Tennessee fans are like, "He's the worst hire ever," mm-hmm. and it just embarrasses them that he's good. So in yeah. a weird way, I kind of do like him right yeah. now. But I'm sure that'll change. No, in doubt. short order, but it, it, it's not going to take much. Like I said, for him at all. Gus Malzahn, that was another no good doubt. Gus no was doubt. just like that. As yeah, well. screw. We no, whipped the darn oh, crap out of The question is, does Gus Malzahn make it back in the SEC with his success at UCF? I, I don't if know. If Gus knows what's do. good for him, he doesn't He doesn't try. I, I can see him thriving in a place like Mississippi State or something, uh, but I don't I don't think he will. Yeah. I think he should stay parked right there in Orlando. I, I saved the question. Games. I saved the question if you're Auburn, why wouldn't you at least give him a call if you can't find anybody else? I don't. I don't think that's nuts. But they would. Their pride would never let them do it. But I, whoa, absolutely not. Yeah, I don't I mean, know who they're going to get. I'm interested to see how that works. They out. they can Brian Harson still good. has not got Jeff fired. Collins. <laughs> oh my god! What if they did? What if they hired Jeff? Now, Collins? It'll be. There it'll will be, be no way. That's <laughs> if you're Matt Rule. Why on earth would you coach this year? You're going to make eight forty a month to do nothing. Why would you do anything ever again? That's insanity. I, when I saw yeah. that figure, I was like, oh, my God, I'm fishing. I'm doing everything except being around football. Yeah. <laughs> Just be an analyst if you want it that bad. Go be an analyst. Be like Matt Luke and go play college. golf every day. Yeah, yeah. for real. For real. Um, I think – Yeah, and – Well, I mean, Lane Kiffin might be at Auburn when it's all said and done. I, really? I don't know. That would be a weird move. It would feel would really it? weird. 
Yeah, I, I know what you're. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying, but it it just feels weird. Like, when's the last time like that happened? Like uh, a Dan head Mullen. coach, Dan Mullen, Mississippi State of Florida. But that's I guess not so. the same. That's but I feel like the though. the parity is a, there, there's a little more like difference between the level of Florida's program versus the level of Mississippi State. I agree. From Auburn to versus, Ole Miss, Ole Miss just had their first ten win season in school history. Yeah, I know, but I I don't know. I'd, they suck. I mean, Lane Kiffin has made them good, but they they're a terrible program. Auburn is a top ten job in the country. No, I agree. Did you see what they I just? Agree. Did you see what they just tried to run Brian Harson off for? Yeah, we know oh, Lane Kiffin is that. no stranger but, to controversy. Yeah, but they uh, made that up. Lane Kiffin demands way more respect than Brian. They hired Brian. Yeah, Lane will actually so do it. Push him over. That that was the problem. They'll actually do it. They don't want to hire somebody that's gonna that's not gonna listen to their BS. That's why they hired Brian Harson in the first place. You hire a guy like Matt Rule or Lane Kiffin or Deion Sanders, and you can't bully him around like that. So we'll see. I just don't think Deion's who everybody thinks he is. I think Deion will recruit really well, but I don't. The X's well, and O's from HBCU ball to the SEC is it, it well, you might as well be going goes, from high school to the NFL. That's for like anything though. It's all about the staff you hire around him. Like Dion comes in and hires just like a eighty grade class or eighty grade coaching staff, they, they'd be rolling because he'd get the players. So yeah, I think I think you have to be willing to to roll with the punches there because, like you said, I, there's a lot of learning curve for a, for a head coach, but. In terms of, of getting people in the stands, getting players on the field, the rest you can figure out. Especially yeah, I mean, we saw him take Travis Hunter away from a two year commitment to FSU. So that's crazy. I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking about Lane Kiffin to Auburn, and I would hate that so much. I kind of like Lane Kiffin. It's kind of fun to him for him to be involved in everything with all a bunch of teams we hate, and like not really have to like worry about him, you know. But if he's Auburn, then you know. Lane Kiffin's like that weird kid in your class that pipes up like once every two weeks with a really funny joke and then just doesn't say anything ever again. Like he's like, <laughs> like I don't think about, like I, I haven't thought once about like, man, I, I, what if we see Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss in, in Atlanta? I mean, it could happen, but I'm, I don't like, he doesn't keep me up at night, but he's also kind of funny sometimes. And so it's, uh, nah, yeah, no, I'm saying right. just in terms of like, I like him. Like I, it, he's fun, oh, to, yeah. he's fun to watch and like, and see all his antics and all that crap. But if we had to play him, I know I'd hate his guts. Or if we had to play yep. him every year, I guess. Chandler says Ole Miss in a way better spot right now because they have Lincoln. It would be a quick switch. It would be a quick switch. <laughs> I, 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 Ole Miss, I feel like, is becoming a lot more attractive. Well, yeah, it, because of the offense they play. Like Lane Giffen has shown before he has no loyalty, so I'm sure he would make that switch. if he It's not even about loyalty. Like, I'm not going to harp on his loyalty. Like, I just think Auburn's been dormant for a while. You don't realize how good of a job Auburn is. They have yeah. a top 10 fan base, top 10 recruiting pool, top 10 campus. Like, that is a place you want to be. So, I, Lane Kiffin will not hang up the phone. I promise you he'll, he'll, he'll hear him out. Oh, yeah, he'll listen. And, you know, it's you talk about top 10 jobs, and we think about it in different ways. People don't want Arkansas to start throwing bags around because Arkansas has bags. And once they start getting some players, like because we know Sam Pittman, you know he he can coach at a high level. Arkansas is one of those schools that has sneaky money. Like people know about A and M, people know about Texas. Arkansas is right up there with them, not with A and M because I think A and M actually like almost doubles whoever second or whatever. They spend so much money on athletics, but Arkansas is right there with your Texas, with your Oklahoma, with your Notre Dame. Like they got bags, and if they start throwing them around, it's going to be. Yeah, only, like the thing that makes Auburn so attractive is, is they have West Georgia. Like West Georgia yeah. is theirs. Like Arkansas, it's tough because they have to pull from Texas, but 
Auburn, Auburn is a place where people want to go. They grow up wanting to go. It's one of those places where you, you don't have to recruit that hard to get people there. So I don't know. I don't know who they're going to get, but they need to hit a home run. Like, no more Brian Harsons. Yeah. Well, uh, we do want to plug this before we go. Uh, we are doing our men's basketball preview on – it'll be out Thursday. Yes. And uh, we're really excited. I, I was kind of going through the roster today. I kind of, you know, forgot a little bit. We've been so tied up with football season. I forgot we had 11 guys transferred out. So pretty much everybody is new. Still got Braylon Bridges, and thank God we still have Cario Okendo. We're going to talk some Mike White. We're going to talk some key games. We're going to talk, um, you know, maybe a little SEC uh, outlook and, uh, you know, kind of what we expect out of year one. But I'm excited about Georgia basketball. I'm going to, I'm going to give them, yeah. I'm going to give them all my support this year. I gave them all my support last year when they won one game. That was the only game that I went to was when we beat Alabama. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, we were, uh, I mean, they were going off the court, man. We were just beating on the side of the wall. It's just like football. It's just like yeah, football. Yeah, that the me the, that was the one game out of the year that you like would want to win, even if like if the season went that way, just because of the jokes that you can make. We need we need to find a way to get people in the stands. That's that should be our mission on this podcast this year is oh, find a way yeah. to fill this deck. All right. I don't know how we're gonna do it, but we need to figure out a we'll way give away to make basketball. We'll give away to we'll speak to somebody that sends need, a, sends a picture of us at the game. Yeah, <laughs> we need to make basketball cool again. At, you know, it's man. fun when you like get into it. It's like I'm now. I will say that they don't make that great of an environment. They're doing that weird little dance that the band does. You got Spike rolling around. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's not cool about it. They need to make it cool. But you can yeah. make it cool. Yeah, you can exactly. do it. I need to have a talk. Go drink people. 15 beers with your friends at Applebee's before, and then just add, go to the game and heckle the opposing team. Oh, and, and basketball! Basketball is the sport. You can heckle that team. They hear. And you. don't they, worry, they guys. Hear we every will. Word we say. We will still have our picks next week too. So don't worry about that. Oh, yeah, we'll for sure. In, in the basketball. Connor stuff, said. We, we'll, Connor we'll said, "Can we picks. finish top half in SEC?" We'll see. You got to tune in Thursday to find out. We will do a live podcast in the stag. Now we're talking. If somebody, can, if somebody could, if somebody could, I would be so down. Absolutely. If we have a cameraman out there that can set that up, yes. Somebody we're hook in. us up with that, and we're we'll do a, we'll do a pregame before a basketball show, or that before a basketball sick. game. Yeah, that let's all put sick. on suits and let's set up a folding table outside of the steg, like we're like the <laughs> That's what we need to do. Yeah, correct. Have a college game day for us only. Yeah, Wait. yeah. We'll figure something out. We'll do something. Just right in front of like the line of people waiting to get in. Yeah, because <laughs> we got a big home game. January 4th. Okay, that's before the national championship, so that's probably not going to happen um, if we're there. Uh, but January 4th, we have Auburn at home. That would be a good one to do it for. For sure. No doubt. All right, folks, thanks for coming out. Chat was popping as always. Love you guys. Um, this is Baxter Street Boys. We'll be back Thursday for college basketball preview plus our picks. Uh, going to be a great week. Time to take a break from Georgia football this week, obviously. Uh, nice mental reset. And then the meat and taters of our schedule gets rolling, and the real season starts. Have a good week, everybody, and go dogs.